0: Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So I received a comment on my last video titled Don't Bet Against Silver that I want to discuss in this video today. But before I get to that, you guys know that a big part of why I am so interested in precious metals, why I buy silver, why I talk about it so much here on this channel, a lot of it comes down to fundamentals, and that's a broad subject. Fundamentals can mean a lot of different things based on whatever type of asset or whatever specific asset you're buying. In the case of silver, you guys hear me talk about this quite a bit here on this channel fundamentals. Okay, it can be supply and demand fundamentals. Okay, so for example, Silver, uh, a big supply and demand fundamental that I would see as as being bullish for silver over the long term is that oftentimes supply doesn't meet demand, um, that that investment demand has, has huge potential to move the market move the price, especially. Um, And on and on. I'm not going to lay out every single detail of each fundamental here, but that would be one example, supply and demand. Um, Another one would be the idea of of silver being a a physical commodity, physical asset. I, I don't know if I'd call it a commodity entirely, but a physical asset that has stood the test of time. I'm talking thousands of years has survived the rise and fall of countless empires and, and fiat currencies, etc. And that, you know, that the, the current system, whether you're gonna call it an, an American-based system or a petrodollar-based system, or whatever you want to call it, a Western based system, it's certainly on its way out, as are countless world currencies, world fiat currencies, and, and you know, you don't need to look any further than Country like Venezuela to see how silver is going to perform in a hyperinflationary event, and eventual you know collapse of of governments, right? Um, so that'd be another fundamental, right? When 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 you see um, the any central bank printing more and more money or, or lowering interest rates, or a government spending more and more money and going deeper and deeper into debt, you know that has very real effects on an asset like. Silver, more so than, than other commodities, I, I, I would think, than, more so than, than you know, a base metal, right? Or more so than you know, maybe energy prices or something like that, right? Um, so it'd be another fundamental for silver. And, there, and there's, there's a whole list of these I can go down, uh, and maybe I'll get to some of that in this video today. But I want to get to this comment, okay? This was left by a, a user by the name of On a Silver Platter. Okay, this is a guy that's commented in the past. You know, to give you an idea of what comments I've received from him in the past, he's a stacker. He's bullish on silver, I would think, over the long term. But over the short term, he's not the happiest guy, I think, with low prices. Or at least, I should say, he's not expecting them to increase anytime soon, okay? Okay. Um, here's a guy who who's explained here in this comment that we're going to be talking about. He's been stacking since 2012, and you know th- that gives you a little bit of an idea. You know he he's been stacking you know all the way down to, as the price dropped to 2015, and then back up again, and then a little bit down as of late. So it gives you a little bit of his history here on YouTube. Um, seems like a nice guy, though. All, we have we have our disagreements, but he's um, fairly civil about his disagreements, so I appreciate that. But, anyways, the comment. Quote, actually, betting against silver via a hedge position while accumulating the physical remains the best strategy till the reversal of this bear market. Please stop selling fundamentals as the sole reason as to why silver should go higher. It'll never go higher until technicals and institutional money are added into the equation. I've been a silver stacker since 2012, and back then the proponents of the silver fundamentals laid out the very same arguments. So I, I specifically want to focus on one sentence in here. It'll never go higher until technicals and institutional money are added into the equation. And I find it difficult to entirely disagree with that statement. You know, he's he's right. When I quote the reasons that I got into silver, right, and why I think silver is a good um, investment, a good way to preserve your wealth, how often do you guys hear me Quoting technical factors, not very often. Most people do not get into silver because of technical factors. But he's correct in saying that silver is probably not going to go up significantly until some of those technical factors change. And and, and when I say technicals, um, that has to do with price action charts. Um, not necessarily getting into the nitty gritty of you know all these different I guess chart patterns that that you know real expert charts chartists charters see um, uh, he's probably just talking about hey let's see if silver can top x amount of dollars 17 18 20 and now it's let's see if it can get up above its its uh you know 200 day moving average or whatever given set of moving averages that would give it a bullish appearance you know there are certain trends that that all assets kind of follow in terms of technicals um, and and he's right technicals are not Looking the best right now. You you guys have seen the price action as of late, um, and, and then his other piece here is institutional money added into the equation. And you know I would somewhat disagree with that because you know there has been a ton of institutional money that has been added into the equation for silver um, on on both the paper and the physical side. Okay, we have the physical side uh, largely covered by J P Morgan, who who I believe does have physical possession of that hoard in one way or another. Right? Maybe not in their you know private vault I, I i personally think that they potentially could have even larger amount by the way what i'm talking about is this huge hoard of silver that they have in the comex reported to be i think over 130 over 140 million ounces currently um i don't they haven't done a ton of buying lately which surprises me you you'd think that you know in a dip like this that they'd be buying more so either a they're done b it's going to go lower c they just for for whatever other reason they haven't bought right now, but anyways, 140 million ish ounces on the COMEX. Some people said they have a lot more in, in in I guess more privately held vaults that they haven't necessarily been reporting as much. Upwards of 500 million ounces or more that I've been hearing. I don't. We can't know for sure, but um, that's institutional money. That is a ton of institu- institutional money on the physical side of the silver market, and yet prices haven't gone up. Of course, we know that that the very same buyer is is the very same entity that does a lot of the manipulation of the price of silver, both in terms of price as well as uh, volatility. So, I, I get what he's saying. The paper side of it, if you look at the futures market, the paper—I mean, this is a largely paper market right now, right? The price is controlled by a paper market on you know the COMEX futures and 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 whatnot. Um, there's a massive amount of of money moving into to paper silver right you, you know i it wasn't that long ago where i put out a video titled you know a, a record amount of of uh interest or, or whatever it is um on on uh open interest i should say on on comex futures for silver you know a, a mass amount of these contracts long or short that were opened up um some some by by these very same billion banks like like jp morgan uh, HSBC and and others, but a lot of that was also um, created by like hedge funds. so so a lot of institutional money has moved into silver. But I also get what he's saying that you know the, the other side of the institutional money is is um, ETPs or ETFs, whatever you want to call them, things like SLV uh, which by all accounts have received a ton of investment. Some by large institutions, some by individual investors. It doesn't matter. They've they've, you know, grown their supposed inventory a ton. But of course, you know, that 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 huge climb in inventory hasn't coincided with a, a ton of you know, there's there's not a clear correlation between, hey, SLV is supposedly stacking more and more ounces of silver because they, they want to back all of these SOV shares and the price of silver going up. Not a clear correlation between that. Um, so this institutional money side of it, yeah, I think more institutional money would help, certainly. Um, but, but you also have to understand that there has been a ton of institutional money that goes into buying physical silver as well as controlling the paper markets. But, um, you know, again, he's not entirely wrong. When I talk about fundamentals for silver— I am talking long-term. I'm, I'm not talking 100 years in the future, 50 years, but five years, you know, fundamentals for silver, I think are very strong over the next five years from then on, you know. So is that to say that silver is going to take a full five years to go up? No, I, I don't think it will. You know, waiting until 2023 for silver to rise. Um, no, I, I think it's unrealistic that the current system can keep chugging along as it has been for the last you know ten years um, for another five years right I think there are some serious cracks showing in our currency in our government um, as well as as just central bank or you know central banker policy monetary policy um, so so I'm very you know pessimistic on it in that sense um, but fundamentals are fundamentals and the, on a silver platter is right that they They don't necessarily mean the price is gonna go up immediately. We do need technicals to turn around before fundamentals really matter. But fundamentals are things that almost always play out to be the big driver in an asset price. Okay. So, for example, you know, this is this is one that is an ongoing case of this: fundamentals Tesla. You guys know I like talking about Tesla, um, the electric car company. Some of you guys might Be in tune with with what their fundamentals are and and the ball and bear thesis. Many of you guys, I'm guessing, are not. Long story short, Tesla is a car company slash energy company. You know, they're, they're into the energy piece of it as well that has very poor fundamentals based on their balance sheet. They burn a ton of cash. They have a ton of debt. And in terms of sales, not enough they've sold quite a few cars, you know, um, they have brought, uh, technically, I think, four different cars to production. You know, the Tesla Roadster, I don't think, was, was all that, all that much was actually produced, but but they had the Model S, Model X, and the Model 3, and so SX 3, and then they're going to be uh, bringing out their Model Y soon. So, so, you know, in some sense, you know, they brought quite a few cars to production, and then they have that going for them. But, they're fundamentals in terms of of how high the price is, which by the way, their market cap right now is is you know in the ballpark. I don't know the exact numbers of some very large car companies like um, I don't know Ford, right? Their 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 market caps in the ballpark of, of a company like Ford, even though Tesla doesn't sell nearly as many cars. Their their technicals, their price and everything is largely based on either a um, hope hope for the future, or B, uh, just technicals, right? Charts, for for whatever reason, there's just, uh, some of it can have to do with um, uh, short short sellers, um, short squeezes, that's the term I'm looking for. Uh, There's been a massive amount of people that have shorted Tesla over time based on their fundamentals, and they've lost money along the way because Tesla hasn't fallen apart yet. Oftentimes, these short sellers, they might have a very short investment horizon. But I want to give you a case study here. So uh, Elon Musk, (laughs) he's a funny guy. All right. Um, He had a conference call for quarter one earnings. This was around the beginning of May. So to give you guys some context, Tesla's share price was right around 300 at that time. A little bit before, or a little bit before, it was under 300. And you know, at the day of, or May second, uh, I think it was May second or May third, that he did the conference call. It was around 300. So that gives you guys a little bit of context as to where the Tesla price was here. Anyways, um, the the earnings report was abysmal, and the conference call that Elon Musk was on was interesting to say the least. He 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 cut off somebody asking some questions, and 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 yeah. It's just kind of been a disaster since then. Elon Musk and his his controversial tweets and whatnot, and whatnot, and and the car company has, you know, made some headway in terms of increasing ramping up production. But I don't know how many people are actually buying it yet. That they've actually created a sustainable way to increase their production of their Model Three. Anyways, price is at three hundred again in the ballpark of a company like Ford, even though they don't buy build nearly as many cars, and and they have a a, a ton of debt that is continues to pile up, not that Ford doesn't have debt, but Ford has means to pay off that debt. Um, So after this conference call, it goes into a mini uh, correction, I don't know if you'd even call it that, into the 270, you know, below 280 range, and then it flies up all the way up to around 370, up $100 a share, okay? Was that based on fundamentals? No, I mean, maybe some of it, if you want to consider something like hope for the future, you know? Fundamental, and, and this is not hope that is based on concrete data or anything like that. It's just that somehow Elon Musk is going to turn the company around. Somehow the Model Y and the Model Three are going to be huge commercial successes, and not based on the fundamentals, not based on the the financial fundamentals or anything like that. It went up a hundred dollars. Now it's been coming down since then. It's actually below three hundred as I record this video. Um, but that's just a good. It's a good example that hey, um, the fundamentals for Tesla. Are quite the opposite, I believe, and I'm gonna have people that disagree, but they're they're quite the opposite of silver, and yet the technicals and the price action, um, from time to time, it's done very well. You know, if you look over the last five years, uh, you know, back at the end of 2016, Tesla was under 200 at a point, um, and and it actually went up over 300, over 380 at one point in 2017. If you look at over a long term, you know, up until. Oh, 2013 tesla was under 40 dollars a share and look at where it's at today is that because of fundamentals because their their earnings report was so good or because their sales were so good no it's just based on hope for the future and some technicals and i should add a lot of institutional money either a people lending to them uh, banks or, or or other financial financial institutions or b uh, i should say and b than buying lots of stock, right? Buying lots of equity to, to help, you know, increase their share price. And, and maybe they've made money off that. But but it's a good example of Tesla of being quite the opposite of silver. Right? From time to time they've had very good technicals, right? Very good price action. People have made a lot of money in Tesla. They've had a lot of institutional money, yet their fundamentals remain quite terrible. They're they continue to be quite terrible. Um now, silver, on the other hand, I think fundamentals are very strong for silver. Technicals, not so much. Institutional money, yes and no. Uh, more might help, but but I think a lot of this is is going to be on the physical side of things, which is not always institutional's or institutions, financial institutions, banks, etc. That are that are buying up physical silver. Maybe in the case of, of something like J.P. Morgan, but but oftentimes it's hedge funds or other banks or whatever get uh, involved in the in the paper market. So that's not what we need. You know, paper markets can force the price of silver higher. It can be manipulated higher. But that's not what we want. Ideally, what we want is an asset that is controlled by the physical market, right? By the 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 physical investor and by industry. And and I think that that's a case that the, the, the long-term stability for silver, not only in terms of price going up, but actually staying high. I think the fundamentals are, are are much much better. The prospects for that are much much better. But but again, fundamentals are great, and that's why I focus on them so much. I think fundamentals nine times out of ten win out in the end. Right? There will be a time where, where investors no longer care about how well a stock has performed in the last week or bond or whatever. They will no longer care about um, you know lofty predictions. Right. Um, They'll be looking for value. They'll be looking for fundamentals. So there will be stocks out there that might meet that criteria. But, of course, investors are not relegated to just stocks or just bonds. They can move into cryptos to some extent. They can move into commodities or metals, precious metals, a lot. Um, And and so, of course, they're going to see an asset like silver, like gold, and realize there's a lot of tech stocks. There's a lot of stocks in general or bonds that or even fiat currency, cash—they're all overvalued. They're all incredibly overvalued, um, and we need some sort of real value. We need some sort of concrete value, some real strong fundamentals, right? Um, and and that's when when silver you know really shines. When when more and more people realize that silver is is where it's at in terms of fundamentals, I, I see an, an ocean of overvalued, overpriced assets out there. And then there's a choice few that that I would consider underpriced, undervalued, and and, and that choice few would be silver and gold. So, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts in this video down below in the comment section, positive or negative. Um, as always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, and God bless.